and welcome to A Positive Podcast. Episode 61 of A Positive Podcast is titled Voices for Israel. This is our second um, episode in this series. It's a unique series where we're deviating from our usual themes such as mental health, parenting, marriage, and self-improvement to talk about some things that are more important right now, which is Israel. We're all thinking about it. That's all our minds and hearts can talk about and think about. It's the first thing we think about in the morning when we wake up. It's the last thing we think about when we go to sleep. And it's really important for us to be thinking and praying and doing whatever we can for our brothers and sisters, as well as ourselves here in America. So in today's episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Adel. She's an influencer. She is quite influential. And she has single-handedly become a really strong advocate and voice for Israel. She also has made a significant impact by organizing fundraising efforts from just her little phone, one person, she's making a huge difference. At this point, I think as of today, she's almost at $100,000 fundraised already along with her and her followers. And I think her story serves as an inspiration for all of us. It shows us how each person can contribute to positive change in their unique way. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are. Everyone has their own individual talents to use and they can make a difference in this world. Adel is also the founder of Life's Looking Good, a creative agency that assists people in elevating their daily lives and digital presence. She does all this via lifeslookinggood.com or on Instagram at, a life, at lifeslookinggood. If you want to be part of this and donate to Adel's brother's fund, his unit, all the information is in our show links. If you want to donate to the Soldiers Fund as well, there's a link in our show notes as well. I think that you will find this episode interesting and insightful, and you will enjoy it. Just a little bit about me. If you are interested in sponsoring any of our podcasts, please reach out through my website, apositivecoach.com. If you would like to set up a free consultation to see if positive coaching is a fit for you, you can do that through my website as well, apositivecoach.com. And I hope that everyone listening is doing whatever they can to be a voice for Israel and help support themselves during this difficult time. And I think that you will enjoy today's episode. So sit back, relax, and be ready to grow. The Positive Podcast is brought to you by OKClarity.com. OKClarity is the place for any Jew, no matter how religious you are, to find an excellent therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist. And it's completely free for you to use. OKClarity.com's professionals are vetted, and they have extensive experience working with the Jewish community. Yes, you can even find me there, because I'm listed as a coach. If you're in the market for a therapist, a coach, a nutritionist, a psychiatrist, or the like, you want to check them out. If you don't find what you're looking for, they have a concierge service where you complete a short form and they will personally match you with someone. Just an important side note, if you are a wellness professional, I highly recommend joining their directory. Their team is amazing and I've received referrals from their platform and OK Clarity has an amazing WhatsApp status with over 8,000 obsessed followers. And yes, I am one of them. Their WhatsApp is a free way to improve your mental health and they post great humor, so you'll laugh too. If you have WhatsApp, shoot them a message at 917-426-1495. Again, that's 917-426-1495. We'll put the links to their website and their WhatsApp in the show notes so you can find those links and go ahead, smash those links. You will not regret it. And now back to our show. 
Hello and welcome, Adol, to a positive podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I've been watching like you do this from the sidelines. It's exciting to be a part of it. I'm so glad that you agreed to be here today with me on this for this conversation. And normally, like our podcast is about, you know, mental health, parenting, marriage, self-improvement. But with what's going on in Israel right now, a subject that's really weighing on all of our hearts and our minds, I decided to create a series called Voices for Israel. And I couldn't think of a better person to feature than Adel. And before we dive into that, I want to just introduce you from my perspective, because, you know, we go way back. We both hail from Marstown, New Jersey, <laughs> a small, lovely town with a tiny, really small Chabad Jewish community. And um, I spend a lot of time with your family and other wonderful families in Marstown. And Adel's family is really amazing. Her dad is probably the funniest and the kindest person you'll meet. Her mom is incredibly creative, organized, warm-hearted. Adel really comes from remarkable background. She comes from good stock. And even though Adel is a lot younger than I am, well, actually not that much, but when we were growing up, it seemed that way. But she's a classmate of my younger sister, Rivka. And we all, we kind of all know each other in Marsdown. That's how we grew up. And, you know, fast forward to today, I recently reconnected with Adel on Instagram and started following her content quite some years ago. She's funny. She's intelligent. She's articulate. She's incredibly creative. She has a unique sense of humor, like her family, her sibs as well. And her Instagram handle, Life is Looking Good, is like a well-curated space. And she, I know that you also work as a creative consultant, helping people with their brands and business. But moreover, also, I mean, I think you also recently started, it was a while ago already, a popular podcast called Life Unfiltered, which really mm -hmm. reflects her unfiltered personality, which I love. And, you know, what sets Adel apart, I think, is her authenticity. She doesn't hold back. Um, and that's something I really enjoy about her. And maybe it's because I'm a little bit unfiltered myself, but I enjoyed that part. And recently, Adel has become a really vocal advocate. I mean, I think she always was, but she's become really very vocal since October 7th, advocate for Israel, raising awareness, sharing ways for people to contribute, making a huge difference. Just from behind her little phone and her computer, she's single-handedly making a tremendous impact on the lives of our Chayalim and families in Israel. And I'm really amazed by your work, Adel, and I'm extremely proud of you. And I wanted to, you know, bring this information to the, the people that are listening and following me um, and kind of hear from you. So I, let's, without further ado, I want to hear from Adel. I'm going to start off with the first question that's coming to my mind is that I want you to provide or talk about a little bit, a more detailed insight into your own personal journey. I'd love for you to elaborate on how you've evolved as an individual, particularly in terms of your values, your aspirations, your self-perception since October 7th. And in general, just like share with us a little bit, because I think it's fascinating to learn the impact that you're having currently. Um, it's just, you know, we think that we're one person and we can't make much of a difference, but just watching you has been incredibly inspiring. So share a little bit about how things have shifted, who you are, but how things have shifted specifically since October 7th for you personally. Wow, that's um firstly, thank you so much for that introduction. Um I'm, I'm I'm emotional. I've never started a podcast this emotional. <laughs> that was so kind and so I really appreciate those kind words and that introduction, especially about my family. Um it's so interesting. I, I know that for me personally, this has been such a radical shift because 
I've always been very openly Jewish on my Instagram, but um, more so around holiday holiday times when I'm talking about decorating tables. But I would characterize myself and my content as more of like a modern Jew, you know, like a Martha Jewart, highly polished. My Jewish content was like in the peripheral, but certainly not at the forefront. Yeah. What subsequently happened after, and like you as a witness to my content could probably even acknowledge that. Totally. If you'd have to stick around for a long time to know that I'm Jewish. When I first told people or say things about being Jewish or posted Jewish content, followers were like, I didn't even know you were Jewish. I'm like, wow, really? So subsequently, since October 7th, there's been a radical shift in that I haven't stopped talking about being Jewish. And it's not filtered or polished or beautiful. And it's not presented to you by way of a blog post about a Rosh Hashanah table. It's the most loudest, flag-waving Zionistic, which I never in my life used the word Zionistic. Um, typically Chabad, you know, like we're for, both from Chabad families. You don't really hear that word Zionist a lot. It's not in our vernacular. We have a love of Israel, deep love of Israel, where we learn about it. But I've now completely morphed into a person I don't even recognize. And the reason I think that is, is because we... I, I have this saying that I that I that I talk about in regards to the Orthodox community that I feel so blessed and lucky that when you have community members who who uphold every part of Orthodoxy to the letter of the law, they give other community members like myself who are have drifted a little out permission to choose the level of Judaism that we want to practice because somebody is holding down the anchors for us. And so now I feel it's my I'm actually getting emotional talking about this. Now I feel like it's my time because when the world looks at Jewish people, they could see a black hat, a beard, a strimal, and they expect those people to be standing for Israel. But when you see the less religious or the less practicing or the blondes that don't present as outwardly Jewish, it's our time now to be like, no, no, these we're, we are all the same community. We are all the same people. So now we will stand so that there's a unified front um, because I think every kind of it's up to every kind of Jew now to speak, because if it comes from one place, it's it's just it's more powerful when you have diversity speaking up, as we're seeing from the op opposite side. Yeah, that's really powerful. Adel. I, I think that's a very true point. I think there's a variety of reasons that I'm noticing this trend, even within my community. Remember, I'm a Chabad, Rebetzin, Shlucha, whatever you want to call it. And I'm very much involved in a small community that's, you know, we have a lot of different types of Jews that are involved and most of them are very uninvolved. But interestingly enough, we did like prayer circles and different prayer opportunities for people to come and just kind of connect. And most of the people in the room were people that weren't even there for Rosh Hashanah and Kippur because they're they're not involved, but something inside of them has woken up like a lion and they feel like yep. this is this is me too this is my family. These are my people. And I need to, I need to stand up and I need to put my neck out there. Yeah. And it's incredible. The way that I sort of, when I close my eyes at night, because I think we're all dealing with such painful uh, emotion around all of this and just, and, and images is I just repeatedly say to myself, when I feel despair, if the fallout, if the, if the outcome I should say from all of this is that the Jews unify in a way that we've never unified before, then those neshamas, those souls, 
basically carried out the greatest, greatest job and they were not taken in vain. And that's how I, that's how I reconcile it. Yeah. I mean, I I was listening to some rabbi was talking about this idea on, on TV in Israel. And he was saying that, you know, in the times of King David, the Jewish people were very well behaved. They were not sinful, but there was a lot of inner, um, a lot of things, not good things that were going on for the Jewish people. Like there was a lot of death and a lot of carnage and all this different stuff that was going on. And yet in the times of Ahav, who was a leader, a king, and there were people were very much sinning, idol worship, lots of lots of sin, yet they did not experience that kind of um, death and carnage and all that. And he was saying that because they were united, the Jewish people were together. Because if you think as a parent, what do we want our children to tell us? That they love us or that they love each other and they're mm-hmm. getting along. What is better to a parent than to think, to see their children getting along? And the same is true for God. I mean, that's what God wants from us. I mean, that's what we've yep. been taught, right? So, and and if that's what comes out of it, then you're right. I would have wished it can come out in any other different way. And the truth is we have been very divided as a people and we need to work on that and bringing ourselves together. We have differences, but we can have mutual respect and, and have our differences and still love each other because we're brothers and sisters. We need to, we need to tap into that. So you're right. It's a, it's, it's an important thing to keep in mind. So tell me, let's, you know, I'm going to assume that a lot of the people listening do not know about what you're doing and specifically, okay. I mean, just yesterday, I mean, you posted like a few hours, ago, I don't know what time it was about having, hosting barbecues for Chayalim, for the soldiers. And I think like within, you know, I don't know how long, I mean, how quick it was, but like, I, I can't get over how much you've raised, how much you fundraised. I want you to tell us a little bit about your brother, who I know, Ezzy, who's an okay. incredible, um, I'm not sure exactly what he is doing, but if you could share a little bit about him, what he's doing, and then tell us a little bit about the impact that you're making and what you're doing. I know it's like, come on, Razel, it's just me. I don't want to talk about myself, but I think it's so important for people to know how much one person can do if they use their voice properly. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So my brother, Ezzy, um, he's, he's in the, he's in the IDF. He, and an interesting story that a lot of people don't know, because now everybody is seeing him as our hero on Instagram. But what's interesting is Ezzy actually was rejected from the Israeli army many times. He knew from a very young age, he had, the second he was done with high school, he told my mom, I want to go to the Israeli army. Of course, everyone tried to dissuade him because it's dangerous. And also because the Israeli army doesn't really encourage American boys to join. Um, and he tried to uh, enlist. His blood pressure was too high. They sent him back. They said no. He tried to go back again. He made lifestyle changes to his diet, exercise, everything. He went back. He still had high blood pressure. This continued on for a few times until they figured out that he had white coat syndrome. Every time the doctor would come in, a military doctor, he basically would, his heart, his, he would get high blood pressure. So they ended up doing it at like at home. And he, his blood pressure checked out and he was able to enlist. So he's not even somebody who enlisted, like he went for yeshiva and then on a whim, this was not a whim. This was his life dream to go defend the land of Israel, which is what wow. we're seeing now. And I think one of the reasons why Ezzy's resonating so powerfully on social media is because I think this feeling that he has for Israel in his heart is so pure and comes from such a real place that it's landing for people. Totally. So, um, he enlisted and his whole life has been um, IDF. He's now uh, a reservist. Um, so he needs just yet not 40. So they, they still have to go up. Every, I think it's after 40, right? They don't yeah. have to uh, be reservists. But 
as he's actually going to be a reservist for life. He will never stop showing up for Israel. So he's now uh, a pretty high rank. I actually know I'm blanking right now on his rank, but he always says it when he makes his videos. Um, we could put it in the show notes maybe, but he's a very high rank. And in addition to that, um, he's a chaplain. And one of his roles, he received um, multiple levels of smicha during the course of his um, military career. And then one of his roles is that he goes to bases in very high risk areas and he helps kosher the kitchens so that the soldiers have kosher Pesach kitchens. Um, well, as a chauffeur, like anything that is that enables Orthodox soldiers to continue serving as he is in charge of that as well, in addition to being an, a, an engineer and he has units. So um, he's in the engineer corp under the Golani Brigade and his role and his unit's role is they go in before the uh, combat soldiers do and they clear the pathway, whether that looks like detonating bombs, opening bridges, opening fences, opening buildings, surveying for any danger to make sure that when our boys go in, it's the safest possible scenario. So that's Ezzy's role. It's multi-leveled. In addition, he has a basically unofficial Chabad house in his house. He went to uh, Technion University. He graduated from there. They welcomed engineering students, all students. His home is always open to people. Uh, so he, he's doing a lot. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I only knew him as a little so, guy. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. But he's incredible. That's that's amazing what you just shared. That's a lot for one person. Wow. Wow. Okay. And he has eight children and a wife. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So when this when this all has and and by the way, fun fact, I had no idea what he did in the IDF until this happened. I never even thought to ask. He has been in multiple wars. This is his fourth time serving. He lost one of his best friends in Lebanon, um, who one of his son, his only son is named after, um, Michael Eli Melech. So um, he is, he's really done, uh, he's put in the work. Um, so it was a no brainer for me when this, when this happened and I knew that he was mobilizing to head to war and of course, I want to help every single Jewish boy and girl in the army, but you know, tzedakah starts at home. So I knew I had to do something. He he was saying, we're, we're, we're needing this, we're needing that. I was just seeing it pop off in the group chat, in our family group chat. And I said, look, I'm not an activist. We have our very popular, famous, notable activists, uh, Israel activists, and Noah Tishby and Lizzie Savetsky. And I thought to myself, look, I don't have that many followers, 22, 20, almost 23 now, thank God. Um, and I thought, let me just try. Let me just pass the line out and see what I can catch. And as it turned out, everybody wanted to help. I mean, everybody, even my non-Jewish followers, even my unaffiliated followers, they feel, they could see that this is truthful. They could see that this is an army that's fighting, that is light. And they want to help. And I was shocked. And so once it happens, once you get success once, I basically just, I'm continuing to just try and throw things out there, cast a line. Here's what my brother's unit need. Here's what he's observing other units need. And now it's sort of uh, snowballed into other things. People are bringing me their initiatives and I'm helping them fundraise for it. And I'm grateful to my, I, I, I'm only one person, but I have access 
to 22,000 people, and those 22,000 have access to their network. So by virtue, the web just grows larger and larger and larger. So when you think, what could one person do? If you even have access to 10 people, those 10 people know 10 people. And those and once those links get sent around, the barbecue, we thought we were going to raise 11,000. 11,000 is one barbecue, which, by the way, is also an experience. It's music. It's dancing. It's a Jewish concert. They're singing. You give them a night off, basically. <clears throat> and we're at 33,000 now overnight. Wow. So you posted this what time yesterday? I posted it yesterday, like late morning, middle, uh, 12, maybe 12 o'clock, 10, 10, 10, between 10 and 12 in the Your morning. time, like in California, okay? Pacific time. Wow. And then you're telling me that you raised 33,000. It's now around 33,000. Yeah. The fund. Incredible. It's just it's it, amazing. I, even I'm blown away. I didn't even expect that. <laughs> incredible. It is so incredible. And it's so amazing. Um, and, you know, I think that these are the things because I just heard somebody else saying that, like, now it feels like the soldiers have more of the material, the equipment over the past two weeks, we've been able to fundraise and get them what they need. Now it's like, let's boost their morale, let's help them have better food, let's help them have, you know, let them know that we're thinking about them. I mean, yeah, you also see these initiatives, the spiritual angle where they're giving tzitzit and 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 fill in and all this to the soldiers that want it because so many of them want they want to feel armored up and ready for war spiritually as well which is incredible to see as just a beautiful beautiful thing to see um i have another question for you adel how are you dealing with the ups and downs because I, I don't know about you but i mean i did see you post a little bit about this but for me i need to stay off social media right now because like it's really bringing me down like so much of the, just even seeing the reports I can't look at my little girls and not think every time I kiss them on their neck I just can't think about the horror and the the the, the destruction that has happened to our people and I'm trying my hardest to stay positive and I'm really you know working on all that but I can't I can't spend so much time and here you are you're an activist you're on it you're on it so often you're on it so much spending so much time how are you dealing with the emotions Like everyone, in the first week, I think I had a lot of adrenaline. I was running on a ton of adrenaline and I was a bit a bit numb. I think a lot of us observe that. Like after the first the first Shabbos, after the, the initial attacks, I think Monday everyone was had processed it over the, that week where we were a little bit on adrenaline and numb. So at first I was just in action. I wasn't, I was crying a lot at night, but I was like, this is my job. This is my job. Now's the time. It's so obvious. Um, as media gets more vocal and we're starting to hear so much opposition, it's very hard for me. Um, over the weekend, I had a really hard time and I, like Saturday night I came on and I was really negative. I actually in retrospect, have deep regrets about that. I took it down um, later in the evening because I felt badly that I was like kind of spewing so much negativity, but also it's real. Like right, I, I committed to a life unfiltered. I committed to being authentic. There are times when it feels like the um, Hamas sympathizers and Western media and woke culture are such a large force and we are such tiny, it's literally David and Goliath. It's what it feels like. And, a, and, a, and a, a community member wrote me that message. Like, it feels like you just have a slingshot. It feels like you are just a small person against a giant. But the truth of the matter is, is that that slingshot is still effective. So I would say 
I'm doing the same as everybody else. I'm up, I'm down. I cry a lot. I cry a lot. I try not to do it on social media. I do it in private. But then I think to myself, you know, we, there are, our brothers and sisters don't have the option to say like, oh, I, I just feel like putting this down right now. They're, they're fighting for us night and day. They're sleeping on the ground and the rubble. They're eating canned tuna. If from the comfort of my home and a beautiful, safe place like California, I could do something that's effective, that helps them, and I have all of the luxuries and the privilege to put it down, then it's, I see it as a duty and obligation to keep showing up here and doing what I can. And I, I'm just trying to, I unfollowed everybody who is a bad, who is posting negativity. I post, I unfollow, I block, I mute. I tried to create an echo chamber of just beautiful voices that I love, that I trust, that I feel safe with. And I try and keep my head down and use the space for just let's fundraise, let's gather, let's regroup. I also feel like even if I'm not fundraising, even if I'm just garnering community, bolstering community, making Jewish men and women feel like there's a voice that sounds like theirs, that they're seeing representation, that there's just Jewish voices showing up and and bolstering community, even that by itself is its own value outside of even raising money. So that's how I try and, and focus on. I do want to say that I still think that there is it's okay to have time where you need to put it down for for, for a bit because you're human. So I think that you're right. We don't, they don't have the luxury to do that, but we do. And that's what gives us the advantage. Like Hashem has you here living where you are um, doing what you're doing. And you get that advantage to say, I need to stop for 24 hours. I need to take two days off and I'll be back, but I need to regroup and, and, and get myself healthy. Or even if it's, you're not telling people, but you're doing it, you're less, it's less amount of time on because then you're able to come on fully present. I mean, you can't just do this on and on and on and on. You need to be able, I don't think you were negative. I heard what you said. I thought it was real, authentic and true. And it actually makes other people, other people feel like, oh, I'm normal. Okay. You know, even the biggest yeah. activists are are feeling this way. This is, this is what we're dealing with. So I would just recommend that you still take care of yourself. That's the, you know, the older sister in me that's, you know, thinking about your mental health as well. That's an important piece, but you know, I, I can't help but look at your, I loved I mean, I still love, I love following you. I, I have a lot of different accounts. I enjoyed following you for a variety of reasons beside the fact that you're friends from, from my childhood, but it's just so entertaining. And I, I love beautiful things. I love aesthetics. I love to see beautiful things and I love your style and I enjoy it so much. So, you know, it, it's just incredible what's shifted. So I'm wondering about a few parts of that. Like how has, how have people responded? Like, let's say your non-Jewish followers or your, Jewish, but not, you know, affiliated um, followers. I'm, I'm so curious to hear what the feedback has been from people because I'm sure your messages are blowing up as well. And I'm just curious, what has the feedback been in general? Nobody has asked me like when I'll be returning to normal content or anything. Nobody's made mention. In fact, um, either my non-Jewish or unaffiliated followers are silent or they've said, how can we help? How can we be an ally? And in the DMs, I say to them, um, it, the best way for you to be an ally for like Jewish friends is to um, get educated as best as you can about what these words are that they're using and and why they're untrue, because you, you are best armed with knowledge and education. And I can help you if you want, because in the circles at church or at school or your mom groups and the carpool and your group chats, uh, we can't be there. 
And so we need your voices there where we're not. So the best thing you can do is get educated. Most people have been asking me how they could help, how they could get involved. They're sending me their screenshots of donating $18 for a soldier to have a barbecue. And I'm mind, I'm blown away. Nobody has said anything yet. I think it's still early days. Remember, most people's content hasn't been disrupted so heavily. We're going on, what, two weeks? I think, um, and I've been thinking about this myself, when will I return to some of my uh, regularly scheduled content? My short answer is, I don't know. I, I will know when it's time. Right now, every fiber of my being and soul is telling me that my platform net right now should be used for fundraising because my quote army, my my Instagram army is mobilized and they're feeling lit up. And so while that momentum is happening and I have that engagement and people are donating, I don't want to drop the ball on that. When I sense that there might be a fatigue, I might put it down and give them a little break because like, like you just said to me, they need a break from all yeah. this content. They want to well, see beautiful things and yeah, comedy. I mean, I, I'm very passionate about the topic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I'd be happy to see some other stuff in between to get my yeah. mind out of it. I'm actually really trying hard to just follow more pe people that are posting the positive stuff and like things that you're sharing. Yes. But at the same time, we need a break. We all need yeah. to breathe and break. And I think that that's Hamas wants us to be, broken and like that's the social media like war that's being fought like this is how we can let Hamas into our own lives like we don't live in Israel we have the privilege of not having to be worried yeah. about that our kids are in school we're a regular routine and yet yeah by letting that worry that fear enter our lives it's like Hamas has come into our doorsteps that's exactly what it is I do think I'm going to it's a social media war without without a doubt and you could actually see that in one of the reasons I got negative and down and frustrated on Saturday night is because the way that the algorithm works, and I'm so familiar with the algorithm because I've been playing with it since 2015, is that you don't have to tell Instagram what you're interested in. It already knows. All of the social media platforms, TikTok, AI has been used in social media already for a long time. The, lear the intellectual learning that social media does about what you like and what you're interested in is so far superior than what your average person understands. So what's happening is that our Jewish voices are only reaching the few people that already agree with us. Right. And the, the louder anti-Israel voices are already reaching their audiences. Where they collide is on posts, like Israel posts. You're seeing some collision of views in the comment section, which, by the way, only helps meta and social media platforms because it drums up their own machines. They have so much engagement. People are arguing. The best case scenario for any social media platform or any account is controversy in the DMs. That's why Instagram created bots, B-O-T-S, um, to, to incite arguing in the DMs because that drums up so much activity. It brings people to the app to start fighting. So fighting is what they want. A lot of the anti-Israel stuff that we're seeing are not even real accounts, real people I've clicked on. I'm not kidding. Hundreds of them to see. They have no followers and they're following no one. And it's like free Palestine, Jews should be burned. It's not even a person. There's no human behind that. Um, that we're looking at Russia, obviously, and China, who are heavy, heavy hitters in the social media space. So when I fell to the ground, proverbially, it's like we're not even fighting with real people. Half of the voices that we think are against us are not real they're machines and the other half we're not reaching them so screaming into the abyss about what's wrong with the other side is basically not helpful not productive and on social media it's it's really just we're we're playing into their own game 
that was a frustrating realization for me. Yeah, that is, that is, that's very true. What about the negative, like the other people that are real or self-hating, you know, I don't like to use the term self-hating Jews, but people that are not educated on the topic properly. Are you hearing from them? Are you, are you getting feedback from, from that? I'm following some just to keep a finger on the pulse of what they're saying. My overall observation, and this is going to be extremely dismissive and and maybe insulting, but what I've come to realize is that a lot of the um, culture that's like anti-Zionist and the Jewish people who are against Israel, um, they're just trying to fit in. The woke culture made it cool. And because I, I see a lot of young students, they have no idea. They never even met a Palestinian in their life. They don't even, they couldn't even map out where any of these places are on the map. They are only trying to fit in to this uh, group of people that are now considered cool, the in crowd, and they're they're just regurgitating the same rhetoric. I'm hearing the same colonizing, like words that are just I just and how I know that it's a cool kids club quote air quotes cool kids club is because we're hearing them say the same words. If you sit down and ask any of them to explain, they have no idea. I think it's become cool, and a lot of these. Um, people are just trying to be relevant and accepted within their communities. Now, the greater question at large is like, that's problematic if Jew hating has become the cool thing. Yes, it is. But I find hope in the fact that most of these people have no idea what they're saying, don't firmly believe what they're saying. They are just trying to sound like their peers. And I, I think there's so much evidence to to uh, back that up. Yeah, that is true. Um, If they just you know would spend some time researching all the claims that they're making, they would find that there's not much proof to that. I mean, I'm not gonna right. say this was perfect. There's definitely been things in our in our in our history, like our past that many people don't agree with. Um, yeah, we are killing people. It's true. We're bombing and there are children and it's horrible. And but the 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 difference, a big difference is is that we're not celebrating these deaths. We're actually really pained by that. This morning I was driving back from the gym, I hit a squirrel. I looked back at my women, my rear view mirror, and the squirrel was like withering. And I I had I pulled over. I was like, oh, I just killed a squirrel. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, ouch. And I'm like, they don't even care. Like they don't care about a, a, a child. I'm I'm worrying about a, a squirrel. Well, that's how we are. That's this we're humans. And you know, and what we're finding out now is actually that they've been giving them drugs to take to actually commit these crimes as well. Because whatever, I don't go into details. I want to keep this as positive as possible. But I, I just I can't imagine how this is even humanly possible, how somebody could actually accept what they're doing and say, oh, there's legitimate reason for it. The proportion, proportionality, that's the big word that they're using as well right now. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let me ask you another question. How have you changed? What has changed inside of Adol since October 7th? I recall, I'm not trying to put you in a direction here. I'm just, I want you to think about that question. I recall your feed, your feed after you came back from Israel. That's right. I, I loved it. I was like, she's honest. She's real. I thought so many of those thoughts when I was in Israel. I remember when I went to seminary in Israel for a year, I came, it took me a month to just get acclimated. I was like, what is this place? Who are these people? Why are they so rough? Why are they so tough? Can't believe my mother is from here. These are her siblings. What? Like all of that. Like I resonated so much with so many of the things that you said. Um, And like, I think some people were like taken back, like, oh, it's not pro-Israel, but that wasn't what you were saying. I, I got it. I got what you were saying, but I'm I'm so curious. Like, how have you changed? What has changed or shifted inside of you? You may not even know yet. This may be too early to ask this question, but I'm just curious. 
Um, I think a lot will unfold in how I've changed. It's interesting. Yeah. So for some backstory, I went to Israel last December, last December, uh, March rather, and I came back and I had a lot of things to say about Israel. Um, some were not that kind. And um, I was, I voiced it because I, that's my commitment, right? We show up the good, bad, the ugly, and not everything could be fluffy all the time. Um, gosh. So initially what's changed immediately is um all of that seems completely meaningless, what I didn't like about Israel. All of the things, the gashmias that I didn't like are meaningless now. Um, the the largest thing that I think that's changed for me, even in these last like just short amount of time, is I was definitely dampening my Jewishness online. I was definitely curbing it. I was definitely doing that. And I only realized that now because when this happened, I was before I was posting about Israel, I was asking myself so many questions. I was having to do such a checklist. Is this relevant to all my followers? Will they judge me for supporting Israel? Will I be looked at? I, and I know because of all the questions I was asking myself, I was like, wow, have I been subconsciously curbing my Jewishness all this time? And for who and why and who was benefiting? And the only thing that I can answer is, I guess I was benefiting because I wouldn't have been doing it otherwise. And then if I have to be really honest with myself, I guess I felt in order to be more universally liked and accepted on social media, I should do that. Mm. And what's changed since October 7th is that I will never do that again. I will never do that again. It has to be on the forefront of who I am. And, and that doesn't mean posting about Israel every day, um, every second of every day, because who, who I am as a Jew even is multifaceted. I care about all these other things. I run a lifestyle brand and that shouldn't change. But the questions I was asking myself before I was posting about Israel were pretty brutal and um, feel very reminiscent of a, of a, a, a Holocaust-y type sentiment of dampening who I am, covering who I am to sort of try and appeal to the masses and feel safer. Hmm. I don't want to do that anymore. And that's the most recent and obvious change that I've observed. Wow. You know, it's interesting because as you were speaking, what came up for me was I've observed you over the past few years, and this is something I've noticed and tell me if, if, if I'm noticing correctly, it could be I'm wrong, but there was like this constant, what am I doing here? Yes. Like, what is my real um, intention and goal with this platform? And it would shift. And every every once in a while, you'd be like, well, now I'm doing this. And this is the podcast. And now I'm doing the, the branding. And, and there was a constant like seeking of purpose amongst this, this Instagram thing that just happened to you that you weren't really expecting. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And you were trying to make almost make sense out of it all and find your path. And like, all of a sudden, it sounds like, oh, my God, what if this is one of the reasons that I'm here. What if this is why I have 22,000 followers the day October 7th happened? What if there's some other bigger thing going on that's bigger than me? Like, I don't know if that resonates at all. That's something oh, I- 100%. I think um, because I fell into this Instagram thing kind of, I, uh, like you said, it was almost overnight in COVID. I did a live with Mimi Heft and it blew up. I think we were touching upon things that were just sensitive topics that people had. And, and the way that we were speaking about it, I think resonated with people. Um, I, I take um, 
so like digital media real estate very seriously where I think it needs, it ought to be taken seriously. We show up on people's screens. They're taking time out of their family, their lives, their jobs, their work, their purposes to watch you, to engage with you, to like your things, to write back. That is important. You're taking up space. So I was always grappling with what am I taking up space with? My purpose cannot be here to show people my clothing and my nice things and look at where I am. Sure, that's a one-dimensional part of my life. And there are and many beautiful fun. aspects. And, and that's it's fun. Watch. And it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And for some people, that's enough. For me, that wasn't enough. I feel I felt and I've been feeling like there has to be something greater than just showing people what I have or what I'm doing. There has to be something bigger than that. And so I tried to shift it into different ways. The podcast felt more meaningful because I'm having real conversations with women who are opening up, cracking open, giving us all permission to do so like what you're doing. You know, you create a safe space, a listening space of conversation between people where we get to grow by listening in. That was an aspect but this has opened up and i and i don't i don't say it gleefully because god i wish it came about another way but this has opened up a channel for me to mobilize people and that if if it all led up to this then it wasn't for naught that's how yeah. i feel that's so true it's just something that cuz i was following you way before that way before yeah. you got you know super big cuz i loved watching your work I think I hired you to do some flower, floral arrangement when you were doing flowers for one of my nieces, bas mitzvahs. Um, yeah, so absolutely. And, you know, like what we all know, you know, this idea, the divine providence and everything happens for a reason. You don't just, we're not just where we are just by chance or by only by our choices. We make choices and then there's God's role in it all. And Adel, I believe that there's a reason why you are where you are and you're creating change. And that, that is so, so powerful. And I hope you'll never forget that because it's so amazing for me to sit there behind my phone and watch what you're doing. It, it just, it makes me emotional. I, I literally, um, I shop nachas from that. I really get a lot of pride just watching it, just so you know. Thank so you I just so want much. you to know that it's, it's the truth. Okay, so what would you say is the most rewarding part of all of this that you're doing? I'm, I'm, I'm amazed, I, I would be exhausted. I'd be tired. Um, what has been most rewarding for you through this? And what has been most challenging? The most rewarding, hands down, so this is the easiest question you've given me, is that when you're giving to massive organizations, until that money reaches um, a corporate level, gets doled out, salaries are paid, red tape, bureaucracy, it takes a long time for things to trickle down. And I'm not saying don't give to the big organizations. Please do. Every organization needs your money. But what happens with me is that this money goes directly into my sister La Michal's fund. She goes to the store and less than 24 hours later, after people have given me money, we can watch her hand a soldier something. So it's incredible to be able to say, hey, everyone, I need you to, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what we're mobilizing for. They're looking for this. My community mobilizes, and 24 hours later, I'm watching this happen. There is very few, and 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 that's why the grassroots organizations, the the feet on the street, the small little organizations, I think in this war are going to be the the little David of the of the you know, yeah, David and Goliath. Um, 
I'm able to mobilize quickly. That's the most rewarding. I could see in a short span things happening. The most challenging, watching people that I've loved, followed, rallied, supported, shared their content, uh, people in my social circles and watching accounts fall one by one by the wayside. It looks like, it feels like, um, and, and to become pro-Palestinian, Hamas supporting, anti-Zionist, it feels, the, the analogy that I could give is that it feels like I'm on a battlefield and I have like all the people I know with me and one by one grenades are popping off and and guns are getting fired and the people all around me are falling and I'm just trying to run through this battlefield by myself as people are falling down. Because if you're paying attention on social media or to media at large, that's what it feels like. We're watching people fall. Even there were celebrities that were silent that are speaking up and and the silent ones are never, are not popping up pro-Israel. They're popping up anti-Israel. Because for anyone who understands the truth, they were immediately enraged. It doesn't take a lot. Anyone who was conscious about what was happening didn't take them a long time to get enraged. It was it was the worst atrocity that we've seen since the Holocaust. So you wouldn't need time to get enraged for that. So um, that's the most challenging part. Yeah, that resonates deeply. I think that's that image that you had of you on the battlefield is is a, is a good one. We got to get a caricature of you in like a, you know. In a Machabet shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We need to get you in some kind of costume up there. I think that'll be like a good imagery. And, and it'll, yeah, we all enjoy looking at that too. <laughs> but, um, okay, so let's let's wrap it up with just what would your message be to everyone who's listening to, um, you know, what words of hope and of chizuk and of strength can you leave everyone with? What would be your parting words? Okay, so... Um, what I feel about this whole situation, because a lot of people are looking at social media influencers and activists and the loud people with a platform and feeling a little bit helpless outside of giving some shekels and donations, they're feeling relatively helpless. My message to anybody who listens to this is regardless of who you're talking to or whether you have a platform or even if you don't have a lot of money to give, the best thing that we could do right now is bolster community, get people together, invite people that you haven't invited over to your house. Like if you haven't been going to community events, go to the events, talk to people, hug them, embrace them. The most impactful thing that we could do right now as a Jewish nation is hold one another, support one another, be there. It's going to feel lonelier and lonelier and more isolating as the days go by. The greatest action that we could take, even outside of donating and using our platform, is loving one another and enriching Jewish community. That's the greatest revenge. It's the greatest support that we could show. Um, and it also is just an iron link that just further strengthens us. Even after this war, God willing, ends, we're fortified. So just please get involved more with your community. Speak, just branch out and, and bolster that like Jewish unity the greatest thing we could do. And you don't need a platform. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we are blessed when we are all one. That is really yeah. what our God, our father wants. You can't think yeah. of anything more. Think about it. We're parents. What would we want from our children? There's nothing that brings me more joy. It's not when they love on me, when they love on each other. There's just, yeah. it's just, it's the best imagery I could think of. I have seven children. I keep thinking about that. Really, really, they get along. It brings me so much joy more than anything yeah. else. And um, 
I think that's a really good point. I think getting involved, you know, it's so easy because like, if you told me that I can go to Israel and I can hold one of those babies and I could give them love and I could nurture them, I could cook for Chayalim or I would be there in a heartbeat, like seriously, but tell yeah. me I have to go make dinner for my kids and go do some, you know, laundry for my kids. And it's not as like, it doesn't feel as rewarding, but the truth oh, is, I know. <laughs> it doesn't feel as rewarding, but the truth is that's our job. This is where we're supposed to be right now. We're here, but we, at the same time, we can bring unity. It's such a good point. Like I took a few moments be this earlier today. I had some more time than usual. I made some phone calls to people just to check on them, see how they're doing, give them yeah. some, you know, just know, I know that they're struggling. That is so important. I think that's something we can actually do tangibly in your life, friends, yeah. people that you're acquaintances, wherever you can sheer love. I think that's yeah. what we need more of right now. A lot of love. 100%, 100%. That's all, that's, that's, and I, and the reason why I think my army has mobilized so quickly is because I'm just showing up for them. They get to see, it's, it's like, I'm, it's like I'm in their community. I'm just showing up and on digitally, but I'm just showing up for them. And everyone could do that in a small way in their day-to-day -day life. Yeah. So what can we expect from Ada on the next uh, coming days? What other project do you have coming up? What other fundraiser? Um, well, I'm going to continue to find out the needs of the units. I, I, I mean, it's a well, a not well kept secret. Israel's obviously going in on a, in a, um, in a ground, a ground Wait. capacity. Yeah. We're going to be invading. Um, so I'm sure that we're going to find out some more needs that are going to pop up when that happens. You'll see me fundraising for that. And I, and I truly hope to raise that I could bring in some comedy, some lightheartedness, um, life is a tragic comedy all at the same time. So I hope that you'll be able to, I will continue to be able to fundraise, grow this community so we have more support and bring in really some other beautiful and ways that women could really kind of create some um, home and safety and like a nourishing environment. So I, I hope to return to that soon. I love that. I look forward to it because even when you talk and you're just saying one of your comments, even that there's comedy right there in, in them. I love the way you, you have that you know, dry humor that it's just, it's just, it's fun to watch. So if you don't yet follow Adel, get on it. She's, she's quite entertaining. Adel, again, thank you so much for being willing to come on. I really appreciate it. Keep up yeah. your amazing work. I'm super proud of you and thank Hashem should bless you that it should be easy and it shouldn't be painful and it should be, you know, you know, all of us that God should guide us and make it easier. And this war should end quickly that we don't have to be doing this for a long time and that Hashem should protect your brother and all the soldiers and all of our families. And we should only have peace and love with our people. Amen. Um, if you want to find me, my Instagram is life's looking good. One word life's looking good um, or life's looking good.com. And that's where you can find some more about what I've been up to. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll include it in the show notes as well. Awesome.